You are now listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Yeah, I think what I definitely, the allure for me was just like this big challenge and like having a big task at hand, such as an Ironman and training for it and all the steps to get ready for it and kind of managing like the highs and the lows and the uncertainty. And I really just loved the training, like getting outside with my friends and doing these big challenging like epic days and riding our bikes in the mountains and then like the race would come and I think the race itself is just yeah this huge adrenaline high of like what's going to happen out there so much unknown the uncertainty and then obviously as the race goes on it gets like harder and harder and I think as an athlete I'm a mentally pretty strong person and so I kind of relish in those hard moments and so Yeah, I guess it just to me was like this ultimate challenge of where you have to combine the physical end of things as well as with like the mental end of things and then also the nutritional end of things, which I studied in college. So it was kind of like combining all three of those. And then, of course, anytime you finish like a mega endurance event like that, you think, oh, what if I'd done this, this and this different? And I think that that's kind of like what keeps you going back for more. And then you're like, you look at the challenge in a different way, perhaps. And so that was definitely my initial allure to it. That was Lindsay Corbin. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today, on the Marnie on the Move Kona 2022 Triathlon Series, I sync up with American professional triathlete, Lindsay Corbin. Lindsay has a decorated career in the sport with 17 years as a pro triathlete. And as of this year, she was planning to retire after completing her last race in Kona at World Championships. Unfortunately, she learned in her training and lead up to the iconic race that she has a stress reaction in her femur and any kind of exercise is off the table. This was a devastating blow. And if you follow Lindsay on Instagram, you can read her posts and how she mentally pivoted, which I'm sure was not easy. If you are an athlete, you know how hard it is to sit on the sidelines with an injury. I checked in with Lindsay out of respect, and she insisted on having me include her in the series. Not to worry, she is taking it like a champ, drinking wine and having croissants in Paris with her sister, of course. During our conversation, Lindsay shares how she got into the sport of triathlon, what she loves about it, and she talks about some of her favorite races. Lindsay also shares her philosophy around nutrition and fueling during races, her overall mindset, and a few big lessons she has learned along the way. We talk about her love-hate relationship with the iconic Kona World Championships and why she has done this race 15 times. If you're just dialing in, it is the Super Bowl of triathlon this week, the 2022 VinFast Ironman World Championships, taking place in Kailua Kona for the first time in three years. All week long on the Money on the Move podcast, you will hear from 
top professional athletes and thought leaders from around the globe. The Women's World Championship was yesterday, October 6th. American pro Chelsea Sodaro won the race, was the first American woman to win in over 25 years since Paula Newby Frazier. And she was the first rookie to win in 15 years. Special thanks to Roca for arranging this conversation and shout out to our sponsors at Neotene. Neotene is my new favorite protein and electrolyte supplement. It's the perfect quick hit after a training session for a protein boost and rehydration. It's easy to use. Just add one of the single serve packets to water. Neotene's protein packets are great for a ride, run, or busy day on the go. They fit into your pockets or your bag. Made in the USA with straightforward high quality ingredients, Neotene has no unnecessary additives sugars, or fillers. It's just 45 calories with a light, refreshing flavor that tastes great. Founder, triathlete, and mom worked for years to develop a protein supplement that provided the protein she needed that tasted great and was easy to add to her busy life. Right now, it's time to start smart fueling and getting the nutrients you need. Neotene is offering Marnie on the Move listeners 20% off. Use our code MARNIE20, that's M-A-R-N-I-2-0, on their website, neotine.com. That's N-E-O-T-E-I-N, to get started. All right, on to the conversation with Lindsay. How did you get into triathlon back in 2006? Yeah, I was attending the University of Montana, and I was studying exercise science, and Um, really, I just was looking for a challenge and something to do. And so I joined the university club team. So yeah, the university of Montana Grizzly triathlon team, and we would go to local races and go to like wildflower. And it was just a really fun group of people. And yeah, so I kind of got started with that. And then as I finish up studying at the university, a bunch of people from the exercise physiology lab were doing Ironman Coeur d'Alene in 2006. And so that was, I guess I'd only been doing triathlon basically like a year, maybe two years, but I thought, oh, this would be a cool way to commemorate being done with college. Um, let's go do an Ironman. Yeah. (laughs) And all my friends were doing it that I studied with and a couple of the professors. So it was like, all right, this will be fun. And so I signed up to race Ironman Coeur d'Alene in 2006 and that was kind of it. (laughs) Amazing. Were you athletic before that? Like, were you doing any other sports? Like when you were younger that you sort of like, there's always like a gateway sport into triathlon. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I grew up running was probably what I was most passionate about was cross country and track and I also grew up ski racing. Um, I live in Bend, Oregon, which is where I grew up. So mountain town. Yeah. So I grew up um, ski racing too. So I think I didn't learn to swim though, till I joined the triathlon team. Like I could swim at the lake or whatever, but I'd never done like laps in a pool or worn golf or anything like that until basically, yeah, 2004 when I joined the club team. But um, I think like the ski racing probably carried over well to the cycling. Yeah. And, um, I just had to figure out how to swim and then could do it all. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I feel like swimming is sometimes the last leg for people. It's like, at least it was for me. I mean, I also like wasn't really a swimmer. Of course I could swim, but it wasn't like I wanted to swim. 
So did you go immediately from age grouper to pro at that race or? Yeah. So I basically signed up to race Ironman Coeur d'Alene in 2006. And I was like, if I'm going to do this Ironman, I better get a training plan and follow something. So I know what I'm doing. And so, um, a local athlete named Matt Seeley gave me this training plan and I like followed the training plan diligently. And of course, like once you start following a plan and believing in it, like you start to see results generally. And so, um, I went and raced wildflower, which is in May and as an age group athlete and at wildflower, I finished like third among the pro athletes. Wow. But granted, like the age group race is way different than the pro race, but, um, that gave me like a glimmer of like, oh, wow, I could be like maybe competitive. And I think I set the course record at the time and won the age group and all that stuff. And, um, then I was getting ready for Coeur d'Alene and like I had talked about earlier, I didn't come from a swimming background. And so I think that's what I was most nervous about for my first Ironman was the mass swim start because in 2006, they did the mass swim starts with like 3000 people at once. And I was on a training ride with my friends and I was talking about how nervous I was of like swimming with two or 3000 people in Lake Coeur d'Alene. And one of my friends joked and said, well, if you get your pro card, you get a head start. (laughs) And I was like, Whoa, no way. And he was like, yeah, you could race as a pro athlete. And then you get like a 20 or 30 minute head start. And I then went home and like researched it on the computer and applied with USA triathlon for my elite license. And basically the week before Coeur d'Alene, I got my pro license to basically get out of having to do this mass swim start. That's awesome. That sounds like yeah. that's totally something I would do <laughs> just for yeah, the yeah. advanced uh-huh. swim start. <laughs> yeah. So then I like just emailed WTC and was like, can I switch my entry from age group to pro? And they said, no problem. And then somehow, some way I like, got the last slot for Kona in the pro race and qualified for my first world championship, my first pro race and my first Ironman and kind of the rest is history. That's awesome. So what, like, what do you love about the sport? Maybe when you first started and like, is that the same thing you still love about the sport? Yeah, I think what I definitely, the allure for me was just like this big challenge and like having a big task at hand, such as an Ironman and training for it and all the steps to get ready for it and kind of managing like the highs and the lows and the uncertainty. And, um, I really just loved the training, like getting outside with my friends and doing these big challenging, like epic days and riding our bikes in the mountains. And then like the race would come. And I think the race itself is just, yeah, this huge adrenaline high of like, what's going to happen out there. So much unknown, the uncertainty. And then, obviously as the race goes on, it gets like harder and harder. And I think, um, as an athlete, I'm a mentally pretty strong person. And so I kind of relish in those hard moments. And so, yeah, I guess it just, to me, was like this ultimate challenge of where you have to combine the physical end of things, as well as with like the mental end of things. And then also the nutritional end of things, which I studied in college. So it was kind of like combining all three of those. And then, Of course, anytime you finish like a mega endurance event like that, you think, oh, what if I'd done this, this, and this different? And I think that that's kind of like what keeps you going back for more. And then you're like, you look at the challenge in a different way, perhaps. And so that was definitely my initial allure to it. Um, And yeah, I still think that that stands the same is that like, I'm really intrigued by this, like what's possible and what are we capable of? And 
how far can you push yourself? And yeah, yeah, the process of like getting ready for these big events. um, I just really thrive off of that. Yeah. And even if you do the same race every year, it's never the same conditions. It's never the same. Yeah. And, you know, leave it to Ironman to change the course too. Like just when you like get a great speed, then they're like, oh, we're going to change the bike. And you're like, yeah. yeah. So you've done Kona 14 times. I've only missed it. I missed it once because of the pandemic in 2020 or whatever Mm -hmm. it was. And then I missed it once one year I was injured in 2015. But other than that, every year since 2006, I've been on the Queen K highway. (laughs) What do you love about that race? Yeah, I think it's definitely like, it's almost a love hate relationship. Like it's so grueling and such a hard race. It's hands down, like the hardest race on the circuit. So I definitely love, like, I love the buildup for it and the challenge. I do really well in the heat. And I also think Kona particularly is like a course where you have to be really mentally strong. Mm -hmm. So that's also an area I think I thrive. So there's some things that definitely suit my strengths, but there's things that also don't suit my strengths, but it's definitely, yeah, I think I like it just cause it's, um, the harder the challenge, the more gratifying it is. I think when you get to the finish and, um, I've had some incredible races there and I've had some big time bummer races too. And it doesn't like matter whether you finish fifth, which I did one year or you finish, I don't even know you 20th or I don't even know what my, but you still are like, I did like, I, I did something I didn't think I'd be capable of. And for me, I think that that's probably the coolest part about it. And since you like a good challenge, what's your favorite part on the bike course? Yeah, it depends on the year. Like, obviously I tend to prefer the more windier conditions to me that takes me back to my ski racing background. So if there's a good crosswind coming down from Javi, I'm not afraid to like stay low on my bars and push through it and ride at a low cadence. And, but I also too, I think that the last portion of the course, once you turn onto the, from Kauai high onto the queen K for the last time, like those last sort of 25 miles are sort of the moment of truth. And a lot of it for me is just pacing the bike and getting to that last portion of the bike and being able to ride it strong because I've done it before where you're moving backwards for that last hour of the race. And it is really tough. And I've also done it where I'm riding really strong. And usually if you can ride strong that last 20 miles or so that sets you up to run well. And it's usually like a good indicator that like, Oh, you're probably going to have a good marathon as well. So, um, I guess I kind of like that last hour of the race of the bike part because yeah, it's going to set you up great for the run and hopefully, if you paced it right and you hydrated and did good nutrition, you can get there and really push. And I think a lot of moves happen in the race in that last portion. Yeah. So so speaking of nutrition and hydration, what are your go-to strategies uh, for that race specifically? And you said you're also, you also said you are good in the heat. I think um, it's not necessarily a, I mean, I guess maybe you could call it a strategy, but I'm big on just being consistent throughout the day. So It doesn't matter if it's Hawaii or Ironman Wisconsin or St. George or any of the Ironmans. I just try to eat on eat and drink on a regular schedule and just constantly have fuel dripping through your system, basically. And I don't try to swing too far one direction or the other. So it's just like a little bit of calories, a little bit of fluid every five minutes or so, and then just repeat it again. Um, And then I think for a race like Hawaii, 
sometimes I'll replace calories that I would normally eat like in the gel or shot block form by, um, using sports drinks. So the Gatorade that's on the course or whatever. I also think when you get to the aid stations, like getting a bottle of water and dumping it all over yourself to cool off. I do that a lot. Uh, almost every aid station, like I'll never skip an aid station on the bike or the run. Cause I think you'll pay for it a bit later on. So yeah. That's yeah. good advice. Yeah. And you also yeah. drank the Gatorade on the course. Yeah. I actually, one of my talents, I think as an athlete is that, um, I have a really strong gut. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I can actually take on a, a fair amount of grams of carbohydrate for my body size and for yes. being a female compared to other female athletes that I've talked to and, and heard, you know, what they can take in. And so I think that that sets me up well for the run. So, yeah. um, so you can yeah, take a lot can, of carbs per hour what, yeah, you share I definitely your number or no, I can usually take up, uh, well, I don't know exactly grams of carbs, but I'm usually taking in close to 300 calories an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's, that helps yeah, yeah. you be super fast. Yeah. 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 And I have been known to, um, I've been known to eat a tuna sandwich and go do a track workout after <laughs> and like oh no issues. So I feel nauseous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm the polar opposite. Like I have such a sensitive stomach and I'm, I've nutrition is an ongoing challenge for me in, yeah. in general. And then I, especially in racing and what I do one year doesn't necessarily work the next year. So yeah, it's always fun. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I've just been blessed. Like I said, with like a, a good gut. And I mean, again, it goes back to like training. I'm a big believer in like training your gut and training your nutrition system. So mm -hmm. most of the time when I'm training, I'm trying to eat, you know, practice what you preach and what yep. you're going to be doing on race day so that on race day, there's no surprises by like how much calories you're bringing on board and your body's not in total shock, which and I think happens to a lot of people. All right. Shout out to our series partners, Revitin. Revitin is my go-to when it comes to toothpaste and oral health. I have been using it for years. Revitin is a prebiotic toothpaste that is an all-natural vitamin and mineral rich formulation that gently cleanses, whitens teeth, and freshens breath while helping to restore gums and reduce harmful plaque. It's free of SLS, synthetic detergents, or additives and contains no harsh chemicals, fluoride, artificial colors, sweeteners, or dyes. Created by biologic dentist, Dr. Jerry Curatola, years ago when he recognized the need for a new and effective oral care product that could support sustainable health within the mouth. Revitin fosters a balanced oral environment with beneficial microorganisms that optimize nutrient absorption and act as the body's first line of defense. The oral microbiome is the gateway to optimal full body health. So make sure you take care of it with a great toothpaste that does not have fluoride or harmful chemicals. Get started now with Revitin Prebiotic Toothpaste. Use our code MARNIE15 at Revitin.com to jumpstart your health. That's M-A-R-N-I-1515 at Revitin, R-E-V-I-T-I-N dot com. Now, back to our conversation. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about the brands you work with for nutrition and hydration. Yeah, so I have been fortunate to work with Cliff Bar actually since the start of my career in 2006 and 2007 was my first contract. So 
yeah, we've had a, a long haul together and I don't know, I grew up, um, mountain biking and trail running and hiking and camping. And I would always eat cliff bars as a kid. So when I turned professional, it was like, I guess I'm going to keep eating cliff bars. And I reached out to him and, um, we started working together. And, um, at first it was just like X amount of product that you'd get per year. And then it turned into, you know, sponsor bonuses. And then it turned into, a you know, paid salary and, so, um, but they're a great company because they provide us more than just like support in a monetary and a product standpoint and that they've got a bunch of nutritionists on board. So we've done some pretty cool like DNA testing and genetic testing to see like if you have markers for lactose intolerance or if you have, um, some people have a caffeine responder gene and mm-hmm. some people don't. And so we've done some cool testing with that of like, how my body responds to having caffeine in it. And so, yeah, so they're a great company. I mean, they obviously have really great values from like a nutrition, organic, um, sustainability standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, and then a lot of their employees have been with them as long as I've been, um, an athlete. And so just knowing them on a personal level and, um, it really kind of feels like family. And so, yeah, of of all my sponsors, they're probably one of my favorites to work with just because, they're always doing things outside the box, like hosting athlete retreats and bringing us in and sending us, um, really cool care packages when new product comes out and offering education. Like they'll do social media sort of education seminars, teaching us like how to market ourselves or they'll, yeah. Yeah. Or they'll do educational seminars on, you know, being a vegetarian or veganism and, and pros and cons of that and what it would be to an athlete. And so, yeah, yeah it's pretty cool that it's more than just like, here's some product. Can you put it out on social media for us? Like they actually, yeah. I think care about you a lot as the person. So I yeah. like that. That makes me feel good. Cause I like their products too. I really do. Yeah. I've always, I've, I, the only thing that hasn't been working for me lately, and I think it's just me is the gels, but I love their, um, their chews and I love yeah. I love their cliff builder bars and since I'm gluten and dairy free I was so psyched when those came out I mean you know I can't eat them on the bike ride but I do yeah. <laughs> I'm not a professional <laughs> athlete so yeah yeah I'm doing everything wrong but I really do love that yeah. brand I love I really do yeah and the portfolio of products is so huge that it's yeah. like if one thing doesn't work for you there's probably something totally. else and yeah. if uh you get sick of one product then you can pivot to another product. So yeah. Speaking of nutrition, what is hazel and blue? Tell me about that. Yeah. So it's just kind of a side project that I started working on during COVID. And I don't know, I just, um, I studied exercise science in college and was mm-hmm. really passionate about sport nutrition and was like headed that direction. And then I just started to notice, um, as I was training and racing, like what an impact nutrition had on performance Mm -hmm. and how it would impact a workout. If you, you know, didn't take a recovery drink, or if you did a workout fasted, or if you ate a lot of protein beforehand. And so I've always kind of been a self tinker. So I would like try different things and notice how it would impact me. But what I noticed a lot was a lot of people would approach me for nutrition advice or question of like, what do you eat? Or what's it like to be a pro athlete? And I just wanted to kind of share, I guess, my passion of that with the world of like what, what a pro athlete eats, um, what recipes I follow, what things I make, and also to encourage people that like you can eat real food. I think that there's like obviously a large stigma, you know, with like 
skinny and strong and, and like what's healthy eating, particularly among women. And so that was kind of another part of it was just like, I wanted to encourage women or like share that, like, here's this healthy, strong athlete and here's what she eats and how she eats it. And yeah, I'm not exactly sure hundred percent, the direction I want it to go. It was kind of just one of those things, like, let's just put it out there and see what people are interested in. And yeah. And then my husband, um, is Chris and his eyes are blue and my eyes are hazel. So that's kind of where the hazel and blue name came from. But Chris works in digital marketing and he actually does a lot of digital marketing for different food brands. And so he, um, has gotten to a lot of food photography through his work. And so it was kind of just a like, all right, we've got this. Like, I mean, he basically was like, we eat this amazing food. We should take pictures of it and share it with everyone. So yeah, that's also part of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Books are a lot of work. My sister actually has written a cookbook as well. Oh, really? So I've gotten a front row seat to like, yeah, it takes three years. It goes down. But, um, I think in the future, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I recognize that I can't be a pro triathlete forever. And, I think just having sort of a, I've always prided myself on having life balance and not having like swim, bike, run, be the end all be all. And I think a bit before COVID, it was starting to sway that direction for me. And it was like, COVID was a good wake up call of like, you're more than just like what your results say from a race because there was no racing. And so, yeah, it was, it was a good reminder for that. (laughs) And you have some other really awesome sponsors, one of whom introduced us. Roka. Yeah. So, and I wear yeah. Roka wetsuits as well. I love their wetsuits. So tell me what you love about working with them and like maybe share with me a little bit about the wetsuit that you're wearing now. And also are you wearing, you're wearing the sunglasses as well. Yeah. And they're awesome. I'm wearing this. You can't see, well, people won't be able glasses. to see, but I'm yeah. wearing the specs as we're chatting right now. Yeah. So. yeah. so I was introduced to Rob and Kurt, who are the founders of Roka years ago when they just started up and they approached me and were like, you have to wear our wetsuit. But unfortunately I was under contract with another wetsuit company for in a multi-year contract. So I wasn't able to sign on with them right away. But then eventually, um, I, as that contract came up, um, I said, all right, send me a wetsuit. Let me try it out. And they sent me a wetsuit and I was just blown away with like, how comfortable it was and how great it as like a non-swimmer. I think it was really important for me to have a wetsuit that I could feel good in the water in. And I had a ton of movement availability, like no, no shoulder restriction, which was huge for me because like, it's like you, if you come from a non-swim background, I think that that's probably the most intimidating part about getting into triathlon. So not only was the wetsuit like super comfortable and I could move well in it, but it also was fast and it worked well. So, um, I was super into that, but then slowly they've evolved as a company and then they came out with sunglasses and I was one of their first adopters to their sunglasses. And I remember, again, I was a little skeptical at first, like, I don't know, but just send them to me and I'll give them a try. And they sent me the, you know, some of the first runs of the sunglasses and I was blown away about, um, I was, yeah, they were amazing. Just like how well they fit. And then being kind of a heavy sweater, like I tried them in the summer, I think was when they first sent them to me. And I remember just doing like five or six hour bike rides in the mountain and mountains and they wouldn't fog. They wouldn't slip down your face. Um, They looked good. They felt good. You know, they weren't heavy. So yeah, I immediately, I was like, all right, I'm into these sunglasses too. And then 
they started making casual sunglasses. And then most recently their newest product is prescription glasses. So that's what I'm wearing now. And I actually, yeah, I, I've been wearing contacts since I was in high school. And a lot of times, like the end of the day, my eyes are just exhausted from training and being out in the elements and the chlorine. So I put my glasses on a ton. And then particularly with COVID people spending more time in front of the screen, they have like blue light blocking glasses, which is great. So, um, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of their entire product lineup. Yeah. And they're always innovating and, uh, how they work with the athletes to really share and tell our story. Like they care a lot about the athletes beyond just like your race performance. Yeah. And, um, so that's really, it's sometimes, yeah, it's rare to find that, um, in a sponsor or brand. No, I mean, I'm a huge fan of their sunglasses. I'm not wearing glasses, but that would be my next thing. Well, they, even if you don't wear glasses and you just want to look cute, they yeah. wear, they make prescription glasses with blanks. So if you want to just be trendy, you can wear fake glasses. <laughs> Who else do you work with in terms of sponsors? Yeah. So the other one that I've been with since the very beginning of my career is Saucony. Oh, um, yes. So Saucony running shoes based out of Boston and Again, I um, just went to the local running store in like 2004 when I was starting to get into triathlon and I tried on a pair of Saucony's and loved them, started running in them. And then as I started sort of moving up the ranks and became a pro athlete, I don't even, I'm trying to remember how I was introduced to the Saucony rep, but basically I was introduced to them and my first contract was six free pairs of shoes. <laughs> I love it. Which like, I don't even know why you need a contract for that, but it was like, yes, I am getting free shoes. I am a sponsored triathlete officially. And then of course, like as that, and that was in 2006. So yeah, they were Saucony and Cliff Bar have been with me for my entire career, which is I think super rare to find. And I guess I kind of had a long-term vision with all the brands of like, I'd rather maybe not make as much money, but be able to be committed in the long term. And probably if you can keep a long term contract like that, you're actually going to make more money than having to like jump ship and always be like hopping around the sponsorship. So I've been, yeah, as far as like sponsors go, I've just focused more on quality versus quantity. I don't have a ton of sponsors, but the ones that I do work with, um, we hold really close to the, to the table and, um, are in good communication with them. And yeah. And then I also work with, um, Louis Garneau for my apparel. So what socket needs do you run in? Yeah, I run in a variety of them. I use like the triumph for my easy runs. Mm -hmm. Um, they have a new lineup of shoes called the endorphins, uh -huh. which is the carbon plate shoe and they have three of them. So it's pretty cool. They've got the one that you would race in, which is the Endorphin Pro. And then they have the Endorphin Speed, which would be like a shoe that you would use for tempo runs or track workouts mm -hmm. kind of to get ready for the race shoe. And then they have the Endorphin Shift, which okay. is just their entry level um, shoe. It doesn't have a carbon plate, but it has a lot of the shape and the movement and the fit to kind of train your foot to get ready for the carbon plate. So I don't know how much you know about I know injuries or whatever, but a lot of I know people, a lot about shoes. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people throw on these carbon plate shoes and their body's just shocked. Like they aren't prepared for it. And yeah. so I think it's pretty cool that Saucony has like a whole lineup of shoes that can essentially allow you to like train in them to get ready to be able to race in them. And yeah. then you can save the race shoes for race day and not have to worry about getting injured. I was thinking about this. It's like top of mind because I also have a whole bevy of different shoes and different brands. And 
you know, I wear certain shoes on the treadmill. I wear certain shoes for the long run, for my long run, for a race day. And I was advising someone of my friends on shoes. And I was saying how, like, you could get, like, even if you have a pair of shoes for your race day, you have to run in them a few times. Yeah. Don't wait till race day to run yeah. in them. Even if you have yeah. the same pair of the same yeah. shoe. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I will sometimes wear brand new shoes on race day, but it's a shoe that I've worn before. So it's like, yeah. it's one that I'm comfortable with. And yeah, I mean, usually I'll do like a pre-race run in it, but that's about it. Sometimes I run in brand new shoes, but yeah, I also have an unlimited supply of shoes. So perks of the job. Do you track your mileage on each pair of shoes, like sneakers that you wear? No, not really. But again, probably perks of the job is I have so many shoes that I'm constantly rotating through them and have the ability that like something new will come out and it'll just, we'll replace it. So That's yeah, That's really I, w- yeah. I probably should track, but um, I'm pretty good about rotating through and not letting the shoes get too dirty. And then I replace them. <laughs> <laughs> I just, these are the things I think about when you're not training and racing. What do you love to do? We live in a mountain town and I love just getting outside. So today is Friday. I have an easy afternoon and after this wraps up, um, my husband and I are going to get our paddle boards and our dog and go up to one of the lakes and just spend some time outside. So yeah, I guess when I'm not training or racing, I enjoy relaxing, spending time with my husband, Chris, and yeah, getting outside and just leading an adventurous lifestyle, but trying not be too adventurous so that I can focus on swimming, biking and running. But then I also enjoy um, cooking and eating good food. So um, yeah, do that. And um, a little bit of fly fishing. That's my husband's deal is he doesn't do triathlon. He's a huge fisherman. But um, if it's good weather and good fishing, I can definitely cast a line if need be. So yeah. And then I like exploring new places. Like if I race, I love to try to travel um, or make it to like a cool destination to be able to race. So seeing new things and traveling is definitely a a passion of mine as well. Yeah. I was going to ask you like, which do you have like a favorite race that you've done? Like because of the destination or maybe like top three? Yeah. I mean, definitely every time I've gone over to Europe to race, like if you haven't gone to Europe to race, I can't recommend it enough. Like I don't think you'll regret it no matter what the venue is. So yeah, I think some of my favorite experiences have definitely been traveling overseas. Um, I did race Ironman South Africa twice, which was a really cool experience. Again, like just this, such a foreign destination for someone that lives in the United States. So yeah, yeah, any of those ones that involve some travel and seeing new things, I'm usually a big fan of. Awesome. And now are you reading any good books or watching anything on any binging, any shows? Well, because it's summer, we aren't doing much binge watching on the Netflix. We usually will watch a bit more Netflix in the winter when the days are shorter and it's a little bit colder and not as nice out, but the world track and field championships are in Eugene, which is, um, pretty close to us. So those start today. So I'll definitely get sucked into some track and field. And then are you going to them like in person? No, we kind of tried to look at going, but the tickets were super expensive and the events are spread out basically over two weeks. So like the marathon is Monday and I don't know. Yeah. So no, we're not going, but we definitely have a lot of friends that are going. Yeah. And I don't know. I'll be I'll be watching online for sure. Same. Yeah. And then 
one of my favorite books of all time, actually, Chris, my husband hasn't read. And he was like, what should I read next? And I told him to read one of my favorite books of all time, which is The Power of One by Bryce Port. I love that book. Yeah. It's so inspiring. Yeah, yeah it was so good. Book. Yeah. It's probably one of my favorite books. Yeah. So I'm actually, Chris got into it, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And now I'm like, oh, I feel like I need to reread this. So yes. I'm actually rereading it. I haven't read it in, in quite a while. So I'm rereading it as well. And that's a really good one. Yeah, no, I was thinking of doing that from triathlon and all the years of triathlon that you've been doing. Like, is that a light, is there like a life lesson that you take I'm sure there's many, but like, yeah. and the one we just discussed, but something that you like have taken from being an athlete into like your everyday life that really empowers you for like success and happiness. And yeah. 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 I mean, you hear a lot of people say, just keep moving forward, but I think that that's definitely true. It's like, you just have to keep moving forward as best as you can. And it's true both in racing and training, like you'll have patches in training where things aren't going well. And it's like, maybe you're injured and you can't run, but it's like, all right, well, what else can we do to like keep progressing forward and moving the needle and you can swim or you can cross train or like, let's say you're on a training run and you blow up epically. Like, I think the easy thing is just to be like, oh, I'll just stop or quit or walk or whatever. And it's like, no, just like, you don't know when this is going to happen in a race and how are you going to handle it? So yeah, I think the, the idea of like, just constantly moving forward and doing the best that you can given the situation um, probably would be like the biggest lesson that I've, that triathlon has taught me that's applicable to other areas in life of like, yeah, if you're struggling in other areas of your life, I think it's, you can apply that to those as well. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like that's kind of like what you did during the pandemic, right? Like you weren't able to yeah. raise, so you started hazel and blue. Yeah. yeah. You found, exactly. found a way. Yeah. I love that. Well, this has been so awesome, Lindsay. Thank yeah. you for hopping on the podcast. Totally. I'm glad we finally were able to connect. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. <laughs>